All right, let's get her going. NHL All-Star Edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kipperios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, General Nick. This will feel somewhat like an off-the-rails Friday because this will be our last show of the week in studio. Because mm-hmm. tomorrow night with the uh, skills competition and then the, the three-on-three game Saturday, we will be broadcasting our show Friday from the Metro Convention Center. Fanfare time, baby. Woo. Yeah. Got your slap shot ready? I do not. Well, we're glad you're aboard. Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. Always download us any chance you can get if you don't catch us live. And text us at 590-590. So uh, plenty to get to in the next two hours, including a huge trade in the National Hockey League. Patrick Alvin, general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. Big. Blew us off yesterday, <laughs> or so we thought he yeah. did. I had suggested maybe he fell asleep. It was just the opposite. He was counting his money. <laughs> he was on his new contract. Yeah, yeah. Counting right. his money yeah, off his new contract yeah. and making the team better. Yes. Uh, Elias Lindholm, now a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Pat Steinberg is going to join us uh, when? In about 20 minutes? Yeah, about 4.30 or so. We'll get... Yeah. Uh, the Calgary angle um, from him. He, of course, uh, does a terrific job hosting Sportsnet 960 on Flames Talk. But how surprised are you guys that you saw a big trade? Like, I guess right, right at All Star break. Yeah, it just guys doesn't happen. Stuff like uh, I don't know. Do you want to get into the trade or the All Star stuff first? Do you want to start? You dive right well, in on the trade here. I mean, well, we're, we're, be honest. What's what's left to chew on on the All Star? Well, I want to know what your involvement is. Yeah, what's this a suit? What? Oh, you're, well, you're, no, tonight we've got... Uh, it's like you're a maitre d' yeah. at one of the events tonight. <laughs> so, right, as soon as we're off the air, they jump right into it. Yeah, I know. Everybody's jumping right into it uh, with the NHL draft. So, the, the team captains with their celebrities will pick their teams for Saturday's event. Yep. Also, tonight, the 1967... Stanley Cup champion Toronto Maple Leafs will be honored by our NHL alumni. Therefore, I'm awesome. um, a little dressed up to yeah, go uh, to a cocktail party at the Hockey Hall of Fame. For sure. Ooh, that's and then... Nice. Uh, you see some of your old teammates? You got some... Uh, some yeah, they'll be around. Cocktails planned? Yeah, they'll be boys. around. Okay. Uh, Wayne Gretzky came to town. Mark Messier came to town. Chelios. So we've got... Wayne, did you say you went to the basement pop-up thing? I did. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what they call it, Wayne Gretzky's basement, yeah. basically. So uh, there's a, uh, a house they rented, I guess, and they yeah. brought a ton of uh, Wayne's stuff, yeah. his memorabilia. Uh, his his boys are around doing a terrific job. And uh, I ended up uh, talking 20 minutes, half an hour with uh, empty netters. Okay, nice. The Good podcast. podcast time. Nice. Yes, that's the Power Brothers, who okay. do uh, Chris and Dan do a terrific job. Uh, and uh, I was asked to come on, uh, hang out with them for a little while. It was there was a buzz down there, guys. There were people yeah. lining up. I mean, there's, it's uh, you, you, you can definitely feel it in certain pockets of the city that uh, yeah. 
People are excited. Yeah, the, the Boney city was hobnobbing today too. I, yeah, I spent a little time down at the uh, the Ritz there. Oh, the, the, the Ritz. No big deal. Had a fourteen dollar cup of coffee. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, I got I had a couple buddies you, uh, around there. Did you see some stars? Oh yeah, I saw Willie, saw Lindholm, saw the Hughes boys, saw Kale McCarr come through. Yeah, talked to Nick Suzuki for a bit. Wow. It's uh, it, there's everyone's in the building and it's. I mean, there are people jammed outside. There's police everywhere. The downtown area is. Can I? I think I don't know if this is the age that I'm getting to because I'm a little bit younger than both you guys, but I'm still kind of old. I have like this. I have this like feeling of oh my god, I want to do all this stuff, but at the same time, I don't (laughs) Don't really like. It's it's like I'm feeling of. FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't really but you want, want to... to miss out. Yeah, like I don't really <laughs> want to do anything, but I do at the same time. So we're going to the fan fair tomorrow, yes. and we're going to go check out the skills comp or whatever. Yeah. But outside of that, like, it's an all-star game for kids. I think I said to you guys, we're doing the perfect amount of stuff. Yes. We're going to the fan fair. We're going to mm-hmm. feel yes. the buzz, be yeah. around that, and then I'll go home and watch it on television. It's perfect for me. Very and I'm sure Kipper's uh, going to be all in. Like, oh, Kipper's no. man about town. No. Kipper's going to have Bieber on his shoulders <laughs> walking through the fan. Fifteen years ago, I would have been all in. Yeah. Now, I, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Going to go hang out a little bit, have some fun with everybody. I don't yeah. know if someone, buddy, Glenn Healy just got to town. You're, you're going to be. If someone chatting. said, "Do you want to go find Beep's concert?" Then you got to make a decision. You're either all in or all out. Yeah. It's either. I'm going to bed by 11 or, not or going to bed. maybe not going to bed. <laughs> well, I got a, you know, I got a little email from MLSC being like for media to RSVP to the, the party tonight, I guess, yeah. like the, the Bieber thing. And I'm like, ah, so I did mention this on the, the carpet. Like I did mention the Biebs having a concert to you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry guys. I tuned out on that. It's a real thing. Apparently. I don't know. But he don't ever apologize. You know how many times you've said something on the <laughs> air. I and gave I'm... away tickets for two weeks. He's like, we're giving hey. away tickets. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm I making take no offense. You take you, no offense. No, you uh, talk, and I'm thinking: Do I barbecue tonight, or do I fry my steak? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, well, that's my. great. Just here, take some video yes. at the Bieber concert. If you sing with them on any songs, do Monster, the Sean Mendez one <laughs> oh, he did with him. It's a God. great track. It's uh, not. It's not that we're bad listeners. So we're good talkers. Do not, do not let your wife convince you that you're a bad listener. Because I tell my wife, I'm not a bad listener. I just choose not to listen. <laughs> There's a big so difference. Worse. There's that's, a big difference. Yeah, and it's so much worse. Um, but yes, lots of action happening in the city. Good. Back to your question about the trade. Um, I was a little shocked at the timing. Because isn't everyone somewhere else? Like, legitimately, everyone you know in the NHL who's not at the All-Star game is in, like, somewhere They're, warm? Yeah, as a guy who's been trying to book guests this week... A lot of vacations. Okay. <laughs> so where's Dan Murphy? Uh, I think Hawaii. And where's Ryan Leslie? In the mountains. Eric Francis. Cabo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are we the only losers? <laughs> what the, uh, what happened here? What are we doing wrong? Uh, because it's in Toronto. But I'm making a pact now that I got your attention. Next year, not at, we're not going on vacation together because we see each other enough. But team vacation for real Kipper and Bourne of the All-Star Week next year. I don't year. know that you need to get approval from Kip and I. Well, I mean, if Kip's like, we're taking the week off, we get the week off. <laughs> if I bridge hey, it, it's a little different. Let's make a pack right now. All right. 
next year on our show, we're not even mentioning the All-Star game. Love it. No, I like that. Wherever it is. <laughs> well, yeah, that's great. The, they now, they, haven't, they no. don't even know where it is. No, no, TBD. But that could have something to do with a potential best-on-best best thing, couldn't it? I heard it's going to be in Salt Lake City. Yeah. The other thing is that's always kind of been around maybe with an unwritten rule is that you don't upstage the NHL All-Star Weekend, meaning the league wasn't didn't really like it when there was a lot of news outside of the weekend. Mm. So that meant if you're going to announce a trade, do it like days after the event is over. I think maybe the feeling was last night that Calgary and Vancouver raced to get this done before things started. Well, because I mean, that it, would make sense. It was, my understanding was there uh, There were a number of teams that were told we're not signing Lindholm. If you want in on him, do it now. Get a week. And I had talked to one team today that did not know the trade happened. Really? Yeah. That's how quick it happened. I, you know, I, and I they were, say, they, they, they were in on potentially. I get frustrated whenever I hear that. So, like, isn't your only job as a GM to canvas every available partner and get a proposal? Like, not if you submit get the, the RFP, and not get if the proposal you get back? the deal that you can't refuse. And, and that's, that's sometimes what happens. It's like, I, no, listen, here it is. Yeah. Don't if shop you go it. Take another call. This, this deal's changing. Yeah, exactly. If you shop it, it's not going to be the exact same thing when you come back to me. That makes sense. I like that. And if you want to go and do another deal, go do another deal. So a team that was potentially in on Lindholm. Potentially. Didn't get a chance. Didn't hear. It would happen so quick. Yes. Interesting. So that's probably like, you know, Calgary says, okay, we agree with the first. We like the conditional fourth, but it's got to be Hunter Brustowitz, not this guy. And they say, no, no, no. And eventually they say, fine, it's Hunter. If you take it now and stop shopping. I think... You're in the ballpark of that type of conversation. Yeah. So uh, the return for Elias Lindholm, for those you don't know, is Andre Andre Kuzmenko, who has another year left on his contract at five million, scored thirty goals last year for the Canucks. Hunter Brustowitz, and I'm certain I'm not saying that right. Oh, no, it sounds good. okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yoni Yermo, uh, a first round pick and a conditional fourth, and that condition, uh, those are both this year. The condition is if the Canucks go to the Western Conference Final, the fourth becomes a third. I'm hoping Hunter makes a team for no other reason than I, I think someone needs to go through their NHL career with the nickname Brewskies. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm you didn't have that I'm, nickname. Well, I'm sure <laughs> no. well, uh, former Real Kipper and Born guest Bob Beers probably had Brewskies. Bob Beers probably <laughs> came across that here. Well, there. he's probably just Beersy, yeah. which is an, also an elite nickname. You got to call him like Six Pack or something. Yeah. Six Pack. <laughs> so I would suspect that you guys would be in agreement that you've got Lindholm an expiring contract with a on a team that's going nowhere and you're not looking towards re-signing him mm-hmm. that it's good yeah first rounder potential fourth yeah, become late, late. Th- yeah, yeah. Uh, a prospect i'm told probably is a b to c prospect yeah, I checked in with, with Bukala, and he said, you know, yeah. he's, that's kind of where he's at. Is he's it? shooting it in the net a whole bunch. And he's he's he, he, Bukala he said second tier, not top tier, third pairing, even strength, power play two kind of guy is what he said to me. He was drafted so, 75th overall in 2023, yeah. this hunter. I, so, Rusty. which is, again, 
those guys can be serviceable guys. They can have value on the right in the right circumstances. They can uh, they can thrive, but you're not. There, there's nothing blue chip here. Yeah, and, and I think for Lindholm on an expiring deal, what a great return! And this is a good lesson to a lot of teams who are on the fence about selling a knot. You know, a couple of prospects, a big D-man, a talented, smaller guy, a first-rounder, a third or a fourth, like, okay. And, and an NHL guy that you that's, bet that's on. That's such a good point. That, I you, that you bet Crazy. on in terms if like, you know, maybe he refines his form, he plays with somebody, like, I don't know, plays with Huberto, they have a good connection or something, and you pump up his value. Maybe you don't trade him this deadline, but you hold on to him, you get another first-rounder ra- for him next year. Like, you never Great know. Great point. Like, it's a good... I think it's actually really good for think, both teams. Kuzmenko is a flip's interesting. Kuzmenko, first of all, is something they are dying for. Yeah. A, just a He actually had a 40 goal goals last year. Yeah. I, I said just 30 at 39. A guy that shoots back. it in the net. Yeah. Like he would be, if I had my top 10 cookie monster list, he would be, on, he would be yeah. in my top 10. Yeah. He wants the cookie. Right? Yeah. And 74 points last year. There's sometimes when cookie monsters... Are good, and we sometimes when couple. they're you do need a couple. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. So, decent return, and I don't think they're looking at it short term, and I don't think Vancouver's looking at Lindholm short term. No. Well, Kuzmenko is 27 years old, an interesting guy. So you don't think Vancouver's looking at Lindholm short term? You no. think they'll resign him? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't think for one second that Jimmy Rutherford's thinking about this is a one and done. Well, I, I got to say, I do think it's an excellent trade from the Vancouver Canucks perspective as well. But he's, it's, he's perfect he, for them per- this year. He's a perfect number two. Yeah. That's what he is. And so in Calgary, two, two, he was... 29 years old. In Calgary, he was a number one, and all the stars aligned with him and Johnny Hockey and Kachuk... To, to form one of the best lines two years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, where he had 42 goals that year, but which isn't his career true. year. Yeah, his, his next highest is 29. Yeah, but he's smart. He's reliable. He can play all situations. You shoot it. You can shoot it too. And he makes, he'll, he'll make guys around him better. Yeah, he's on pace for 20 this year, which is definitely a down year. 22 last year. But yeah, you play in a better team. And I, I actually think that he's a good candidate to you know, talk it to push him a little and get a little bit more out of him. Like, I, I like the odds of this working out well for Vancouver. Yeah. It's funny you say that because there's some people that says that, uh, you know, sometimes he can be lazy. Yeah. Is that your nice way of yeah, saying squeeze more? that's exactly what I was getting at, that yeah. he can be a really good two-way guy when he's motivated. And, you know, I think when he was on a great line with Gaudreau and Kachuk, I think he had that push. I think he could use that push, and that'll mm. help get the most out of him. Talk's really good at that. Didn't when did Horvat get traded? It felt uh, like it was like right at this last time last year. year at the deadline, too. Yeah. No, it was way before the deadline last year, wasn't it? Like I felt like because didn't he go to the All Star game wearing Canuck stuff yeah. but play for the Metro Division? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Jimmy Jan thirtieth. Hey, Jan. Th- what's the day today? Yesterday the first, was the thirty first. Yesterday, so it was a year to the day. Leave it One to day. Jimmy Rutherford, eh, to go and keep your eyes peeled. Big game hunting again. But this is kind of when you got to do it, right? Like, this is the yeah. time of year when it's like you're not compete with everyone at the whistle. So tired of hearing all you insiders. Well, with the wait till the deadline, wait till the deadline, trade them at the draft, trade them at the draft. And, Excuse me? Yeah, you. No. And there was a, I'm so on the outside. <laughs> there was a, a moment during 
the whole, you know, buzz yesterday about him getting traded, that there was like two tweets about him, Tanev, potentially being in the deal. Mm-hmm. And I just saw every TV producer all around Canada being like, Tanev's gone on January 3rd. It's like, oh, what God. the hell are we going to talk about? But like, even still, if I know, Tanev's the big fish, no disrespect to no, a very good hockey for sure. player, it's like, geez. I know, but like, that's, you know, there's not a ton of guys out there. Lindholm was one of them, and you're just like, oh, my God. I'm that's... sure we got Biz, we got Colby. We were going to need some, <laughs> yeah. some juggling, and I saw Colby today. We oh, yeah? We got to get him back in here. He's, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll do was, some juggling he, for us. Was he chomping at the bit to come back on the show? He was. He was dying. Oh, begging, yeah. even. There that's you go. true. It'll come back. Uh you think this kind of puts pressure on other teams now at all? Certainly. I mean, you look at a NHL where really none of the teams have separated themselves, in my opinion, as like, oh, that's the runaway favorite. The Canucks were, I think, they first in the NHL in points, and then they get the best available player here. They have separated themselves yeah. at this trade. So if you're Vegas or even the Oilers, you might go, can we match up with that? It's a tough one now. I think Harder for Winnipeg, too. Yeah, I, you know, I always kind of liked the Gensel connection with Jim Rutherford and, you know, the Pittsburgh history there with him. But I guess that kind of closes the door on that. So maybe does he go somewhere else? Like, it's just that, that to me was the one that I thought might happen. Yeah. And I'm still not convinced Kyle's doing it. Got the jam right now to make that decision. I think he's, he'd be too nervous to, to send away a, top scoring winger and would the hall look much different than the one the canucks just gave up you know would it not better you think it would look better than that i I think there'd be more value in gensel as a as one of the top scoring wingers in in the league and do you think you can take that to sid and say look at what we can get back yeah no i don't think you can i also love i love the idea of kuzmenko as a flip again yeah for calgary and like turn that into another like the way that montreal is going to do with monahan keep in mind though that if there was that much of a demand for kuzmenko we probably would have seen him move to another team and also i think he had to waive a no trade to even go to calgary so i guess he would have to do that again i would imagine so maybe it's it's not as easy as i'm making it sound like i'll go anywhere i just want to play for talking legitimately it was like i do not get to do hockey here i would like to go somewhere well i where i can hockey yeah uh think think yeah go ahead you got a reading what? No, I was just going to mention something else, but do you have Skills? more on the trade? Go, bud. No, I'm just wondering in terms of Leaf fans right now. Mm. I mean, do they do they watch that and say it's kind of something that we may need? Dude, that was exactly what they needed. Right? A guy, a 2C or even a 3C, if Tavares, if you want to put him, whatever, got to eat those minutes, give you another stable line. You can play 200 feet, put him out in the final minute. Yeah, you put, you make that trade that people thought the Canucks were about to make with Lindholm and Tanev, and you're a different hockey squad. However, look at the what they gave cap up. Exists. It, but but if you were to say, okay, you know, we're in here today, and the Leafs gave up two first, first rounders, two first rounders. What do you mean? Two? He, oh, he said Tanev. Lindholm and Tanev. Yeah, but let's say it's even just Lindholm, and I okay. told you it's a first, and it's uh, Minton, mm-hmm. and it's. You know, whatever, uh, a fourth rounder and, you know, whoever. Topi Nimala. Exactly. You You know, it's like, whoa, we did that for, are we sure this is the year we want to do that? If if you told me that that you could take Lindholm and sign him and somehow get yourself out of a Tavares situation. Well, that second part is an entirely different Mm -hmm. 
bag of but fish, kettle of fish, kettle of fish. Of Matthews and <laughs> Matthews and Lindholm now kettle of whack. next year. Matthews and Lindholm one two and, like and Tanov on the yeah. on the back end. Right, you could still have that in the off season. Maybe. That sounds. Aren't we doing fantasy talk here though? Like, yeah, we are. Yeah, okay. of course we are. Then yes, our whole show is. Based on fantasy. Yeah, I know. Like, I, for I three years I broke now. the fourth wall there. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what have we been doing? <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of prospects. That's a lot of first rounders. That's, you know, we that's, joked that the cupboards are bare. But the cupboards aren't bare. There's a couple cans of chunky soup in there, which is both spicy and chunky. But you're, you're that trade away from them being completely bare. That's what I'm saying. You're giving right? up the end of the soup. You yes. got no rice in the bottom of the basin. You're, you're out of stuff. So you better be sure you're winning. But that, that, that's the type of trade that changes the dynamics of your club really fast. Do you think the Leafs are trying to do that? I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I'm you, know gonna, I, I, you know what? I'm going to try to no. come back <laughs> after the All-Star weekend and get a better feel on yeah. where they're going right now. I think now. that Tree Living wants a better feel. I do. I think it's really tough to assess this team. You know what they do? The complete opposite of what you think they're going to do every night. Right? Yeah, they're a really hard team. Four to points off the Jets. Yeah. yeah. Get smoked for God knows how long prior to that. Yeah. They're just stuck in the middle. <sighs> well, they're a bad. little above the middle. Yeah. Just in 11th terms. Right but now. no, what puts them in the middle, Sammy, is that like this trade that Vancouver just had with Calgary uh-huh. is where the Leafs were. Two years ago. For sure. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain that. Where right? they were, like, like even, they're, even last year. They've got, they've got some pieces now that yeah. they can throw up. And, you know, if, if the worst case scenario is that Lindholm doesn't sign, it's still a good trade to, to throw your hat in the ring to try to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, and if it helps them get the one seed so they can play the eighth seed in the West, you are almost guaranteeing yourself a round victory. And that sounds hyperbolic, and maybe it is, but it's you're getting Nashville, you're getting St. Louis. It's not like drawing Vegas or Edmonton. Hey, you might get the Los Angeles Kings. Okay. You don't want, well, I mean, just. Do they have a goalie? But well, then that could screw you. And Van- if LA got a goalie, that would screw you. And Vancouver you. fans know all too well about winning the President's Trophy and then having to go up against the LA Kings in the first round, where I think they swept them or beat them in five. And they went on to win the Stanley Cup, the LA Kings that year. So it would bring back bad memories for yeah. Canucks fans matching up with the Kings in the first round. I'll tell you that right now. Anyways, fair enough. Uh, did you, Kipper? Were you really excited about they announced all the participation for the skills comp? Uh, I'm not. Uh, f- you're going to tell me all about it right now because I have not Mid. followed it. <laughs> I'm excited. So fastest skater is Nylander, Hughes, Makar. Barzell and McDavid. And I would like to note that first through fifth gets points in every competition. Five gentlemen chose to enter this event. You are, here's a free point towards a million dollars. It is savvy to enter this event. Sarah free points. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't clearly want to do that one. No, because no one wants know, to do it. Because they know they're all going to lose no, McDavid. It's hard. And they're going to lose McDavid. Oh, well, Barzell, Barzell beat him before. Yeah, that's true. When did that happen? Like all these all-star games, they just, uh, I used to know everything that happened at every one of them when I was a kid. And now it's like I have no remembered. One-timers, Pedersen, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Kucherov, Miller, Matthews, Barzell, Pasternak. Who you like there? I'll give you my two faves, Dreisaitl and Pasternak. Yeah, I was going to say Pasternak. I think McKinnon sneak up on you there. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, you know, Matthews. Matthews is in three of the three shooting events, yeah, and I, he can shoot it a bit. Yeah. So, like uh, his odds. The passing is McKinnon, Nylander, McCarr, Barzell, Miller, Kucherov, Hughes, McDavid, Pedersen, Matthews, Drysaddle. So that is but the Matthews- longest list. By far, because every guy was like, oh, I stand in one place and pass a puck. Put me in that Ma- one. I, I'm stunned Kipper didn't come up with a joke about Matthews in the passing one. No, I'm fine with him. <laughs> you know, 30 yeah. assists this season will be. He can do it. Great. He just doesn't Dry Seidel's the best passer in that group. Yeah. Cooch is in there. At least on the back end, for sure. Dry Seidel's a really good passer. Really good passer. Uh, the hardest shots, Matthews, McCarr, Pasternak, Miller, Pedersen. This is interesting, too. Also, only five people in it. Yeah. All the events where it gets to go max exertion, and, guys are like, mm. And all, the ones where it's like, you can be embarrassed. Yes. Right? Yeah, you hit it, 182 and all yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, uh, the heavy favorite there is Pedersen, who won it once before. Really? Yeah. I don't have him as the favorite personally. Yeah. I and Matthews could do well. Stick handling, Hughes, McDavid, Pedersen, Kucherov, Drysaddle, McKinnon, Pasternak, Barzal, Nylander. Willie. And then Look out for no, Willie. nobody. Come on, nobody. McKinnon's running away with it. Or sorry, uh, McDavid's running yes. away with it. I mean, his hands are just fast. Gross yeah, fast. Very fast. Yeah, and then the last yeah. one's accuracy, Kucherov, McCarr, McDavid. Hughes, Miller, Patchnack, McKinnon, Nylander, Drysaddle, Matthews. Matthews going to win that one on home ice. Now, we had Curtis Joseph on yesterday. And for those of you that, that did not get it, uh, download it. Uh, he's always amazing to listen to. But it was it was brought to my attention how quickly he... He made it a point as a goalie that that he no one can win the million dollars. You know what though? I've put some thought into this, and I love Cujo. He was awesome. But they they have one event, and the players are picking the goalie they want to shoot on, yeah. which is amazing. And I want to shoot on that guy. Really? If you're the Leafs, yeah. yeah. So if you're the Leafs, are you not picking competition in the division and saying I want our, that guy? There's going to be some yeah. good storylines there. But anyway, Kip, my point is you might face three shots. Yeah. Uh, okay, listen, I, I, I'm not here to defend the goalie union in, in any I way, shape, or are, form. But no, no, what I'm just saying is that that it's funny that they would start thinking this way, because someone drew drew it to my attention today that I don't know how many all stars are here today. Forty, I don't know, forty five, and yet they pick twelve for a chance to win a million dollars and then there might be like 30 of them asking like like why not me right you're taking away a chance i'm coming up here and i sit on the sidelines you know what this is who who picked too bad Uh, no i know that i know it's too bad it's too i know right though who's who's making the choice i know it's too bad but in their shoes they're sitting there going like here I am in a salary cap. I've gotten killed on escrow. I've got agent <laughs> fees. I got this, that, yeah. this, yeah. federal. And, like, these guys have a chance to go out there, few twirls, yeah. and put a million dollars in their you pockets. You know what it reminds me of is the PGA Tours uh, PIP, is the Player Impact Program. Yeah. Is that what it is? Where the guys who basically are mentioned most on social media yeah. just get millions yeah. well, of dollars for being relevant. And the funny thing That's- is... These are all the richest I mean, guys in the league. Yes. Like, they could have put, they should have put, they the, put seven, the right guys They should have put they the AHL, right. they should put the AHL this? guys. Uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is, it's funny, you, you yeah. think you're, you're trying to fix something, and then there's just another way to look at it. So, I, I don't know, next, next year, if they do the same thing again, 
can you get the guys to show up a day and a half early so they can sit in a chair and be drafted while they watch other players go and try to win a million dollars? I yes. Like, I got- hey, if if I knew I wasn't going to be in the skills competition, I would have. I would have. I would have put wheels up Saturday morning and yeah. and showing up for noon. Ah, this is a petty gripe to me. This, you know, the league wants the stars. The stars in the event. They just said, let's just put the stars in. I got news for you. They all think they're stars. Yeah, okay? I know. They but all I got think news that, for they, there's big Nick egos Suzuki, here. You're not Connor McDavid, and he knows that. I mean, that's okay. Just, I'm just saying it. I, like maybe uh, they can do a. A second event, put like you know, a free meal at in the Danforth. <laughs> so, Souvlaki, Souvlaki, parents old diner. So, are you? If you're Matthews, the two goalies that would be, you know, rival would be Bobrovsky or Swayman. Yeah, you could pick one Who of the two. Picking? I bet you, and this is God. I hate that I have this take, but it's he won't do that. He won't directly challenge someone in the division like that. I think. I think it'll be like why. Her feelings? <laughs> you just got so yeah, passionate about yeah. that. Like, uh, you know, like if he picks them and then doesn't oh. score a couple times. And then they're and really going to come back and haunt me in April. Yeah. I mean, that's happening regardless. So you know? <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter what the all It feels like you're going to pick, I don't know, who's an unlikely goalie who made it from the West, you know? Uh, you got, I think it's Ottinger's in there. Yeah, you're, you pick someone like Ottinger. Talbot's on the yeah. Talbot's everyone's picking Talbot. I wonder if you could open it up though, not to to dwell on this, but like, could you have? Can you open it up to twenty guys next year? Twenty (laughs) five, right? But then it just comes the same crappy thing we've watched for the last. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. I listen. I see your point from the players. You're like you're using my. You know, name, image, and likeness, to use a college term, you know, to promote all this. Yes. I'm coming up here. So the two highest paid players can earn an extra million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> now, I imagine the players are going to get treated okay while they're here. Well, you saw some gift bags today, didn't <laughs> they're you? They're carrying out some decent swag. Did you not pretend that you played? Yeah, you I thought about it. You know, I kind of have the generic, like, look of yeah. a hockey oh, player, yeah. you know? Why you know, you, you do. just look like every dope in a pea coat. Like I, I could have made. You definitely could have got out of there. <laughs> uh, this just into this City is my News six eighty. Is it not? Yeah. <laughs> this just into City News six eighty. Justin Bourne on the run for theft. You could have, you could have gone in there with a Russian accent and gone, gotten a bag. I, I guarantee you, they're, they're not that bright down there at the hotel. I think I could have taken the security guy we know and said, "Hey, come along with me and see if you can get me through." Yeah, probably. Anyway, All right, let's hit a break. Let's get to Pat. No readings. Oh, we can do them after Pat. Oh, you want me to do them now? I can do some readings for you. Hold on a second. Uh, the NHL transformation of Toronto for the 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star this, this year includes the NHL Fanfare, a four-day family-friendly event happening now until Sunday the 4th with interactive hockey games, special appearances by NHL players, and much more. Visit Rogers and Sportsnet for, at the Fanfare to win awesome hockey prizes. Have your photo taken at the Sportsnet broadcast desk and test the speed of your slap shot with the Rogers Hardest Shot Skills Competition. If you haven't already, uh, be sure to secure your tickets at NHL.com slash fanfare while supplies last. And the other one I have for you, uh, it's Hockey Night Punjabi in Brampton. In partnership with the city of Brampton, the NHL Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi is celebrating the sport of hockey on Monday, February 5th, with a free community skate at the Gore Meadows Outdoor Rink. Come meet the team, check out the, uh, the United by Hockey Mobile Museum, go for a skate, and take a pick with the Stanley Cup. Be food trucks, plenty of games and activities for everyone. Celebrate hockey uh, with Hockey Night Punjabi on Monday, February 5th from 3 until 8 at Gore Meadows Outdoor Rink in Brampton, boys. 
Good job, Sammy. Okay, now comes the break. And then when we return, Pat Steinberg, who does uh, a great job hosting on Sportsnet 960 in Calgary, will talk about the big trade. That and more when we return to Real Kipper and Bourne. Everything you need to know about the Raptors and the biggest stories around the NBA. Smith and Jones. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Okay, let's welcome in our next guest, Pat Steinberg. Does a terrific job out in Calgary on Sportsnet 960 co-hosting Flames Talk. So, Pat, let me get this straight. Is it a mandatory rule that when the Calgary Flames make a big trade, members of the media have to be on vacation? <laughs> yeah, it sure does feel that way. Uh, I remember I remember I was just I was luckily I was still in Calgary, but I had just started a vacation when uh, they did the Matthew Kachuk trade with Florida. So that one hit on vacation. Um, yeah, it seems Nazem Kadri, everyone was on vacation when they signed him in the summer of 2022. So, yeah, it feels like every time they make a massive move, <laughs> everybody's on vacation. He's just, boys, it kind of just felt like this was going to happen, too. As soon as I, I'm, uh, I'm out here in Vancouver, funny enough, and as soon as I touched down on, uh, on Monday, I was like, I bet you they're going to do something this week. And, uh, and, and, hey, they did something, and uh, it's, it's a significant something, isn't it? You know, I don't think it's a coincidence as the trade deadline sneaks up in February. And, listen, I, I don't mean this offensively. I have a prairie family. Uh, you know, people get out of the prairies in, in February. So no wonder you're all on vacation. That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, this is a good this is a good time. Right about now is a good time to not be on the prairie. Yeah. As a prairie boy born and raised. Yeah, I can vouch for this. Um so I you know, we'll start with your take. I know you talked to Craig Conroy a little bit, but I'd love to hear from you what your initial thoughts were. Um did this meet the expectations that you had for a Lindholm deal? Honestly, it, it exceeded it for me, guys. I, um, I I had kind of ballparked the Horvat-type return in terms of what the Flames might get, in that they get the roster player, they get the first-round pick, and they get the prospect. And so I was expecting, like, had you given me over under three-and-a-half pieces that come back to the Flames, I would have gone under, and I would have been in the three range. Because it kind of felt like there's a lot of comparables with Horvat and Lindholm different players, but similar impacts in a lot of ways. And so, you know, kind of that, that number two C who can be a one a um, in, in certain situations. So I thought that it was going to be a similar return to that. And so when I saw the flames get that, which they did, they got the roster player in Kuzmenko, they got the first round pick and they got the high end prospect in the uh, Kitchener Rangers defense in Brustowicz. So you're like, okay, they got the package that they were looking for. And then they also got the two other, the two other pieces. They got the finished defenseman and they got that conditional pick too. So I, I thought not only did it meet the expectations that a lot of people had and, and internally from what I understand, that was kind of what the ballpark was for the flames as well. The Horvat return. So I think it exceeded Calgary's internal expectations and, and certainly from my standpoint exceeded mine. And, and I think the other 
you know, significant moves Craig Conroy's made since taking over as GM. He's he's done pretty well on considering the circumstances. But I, I don't know if there's one that you would say, well, that's a clear home run for the team. Well, this one, I think, is a clear home run for Calgary. It wasn't going to happen with Lindholm. He wasn't going to re-sign here, and it's been pretty clear on that front since like October, November. So to get a guy who isn't going to stay and who didn't sign with his new team to get the five assets in return, even though you're not always looking for quantity, they they still got the quality that they were looking for. And they also got a couple of other potential lottery picks or, or, or wild cards in there. So I thought they did really well, guys. It it exceeded my expectations for sure. And it kind of, sets the blueprint for how they're going to go about Tanev, how they're going to go about Hannafin, and and potentially some other names that we might see move between now and March 8th as well. We're talking to Pat Steinberg, host of Sportsnet 960's Flame Talk. So uh, talking big trade, of course, Vancouver, Lindholm going uh, the other way. And Kuzmenko, is this a guy that's got a long-term future here? Is there things that they might still do in terms of potentially flipping him like he he lifts his no move is this for long term in your eyes guys i I think i think the next month is going to tell us a lot on that front uh i i am of the belief and just uh asking around the flames are 100 percent open to flipping kuzmenko if that's the way things go they know that's an option for them and and I think if they can get Kuzmenko in a nice little groove here, and look, we all know that it didn't work this year with Rick Tockett and the Canucks. We all know his numbers have dropped. But if they can, you know, I'm curious to see if they put him on a line with Huberdo as soon as the Flames finish their break here. They come out, they start a four-game road trip in Boston and then go to the Northeast United States for four games out of the All-Star break. And I'm curious if they put Kuzmenko right on the right side of a line with Huberdo and, and likely Sharon Govich in the middle. I'm, I'm curious if that's something that they do. And if that works and all of a sudden you've got Kuzmenko and he's playing and producing at a much closer clip to what he did in his first year in the league, I think the um, the offers are, are going to pour in for him, or at the very least, they'll get some bites. And, and I think the Flames are absolutely open to flipping him. If that doesn't happen, they know they've got a year and a half here to evaluate what he is on this team. They know that they've got a little bit of time to figure out how Kuzmenko fits into this mix, and if they can get him to be a much more productive goal scorer. So I think they're open to all options, guys. I really do think flipping him between now on the deadline or flipping him in the summertime is an option they're absolutely willing to explore but at the same time i think they're happy if they can give it a try here and and if that doesn't happen and the interest isn't there i think they're okay letting this contract play out and maybe taking another run at moving him next trade deadline and seeing how it plays out so they're kind of with with this player in particular the one nhl piece they got back I, i think they're open to all kinds of different options here yeah, that's a fascinating option for them. Um, you know, in terms of the piece that has been moved out to bring all of this to Calgary, what is Elias Lindholm at this point? What can Vancouver Canucks fans expect? You know, a lot of people see the 42-goal season and think that's him. What is he realistically for the Canucks now? 
So I think he's going to fit in, depending on what they do with him, but if they move him in as their number two center, then I think they're going to get a guy who is instantly their shutdown or their matchup guy. Like, I know they've tried that with JT Miller at times, and it hasn't necessarily worked out. And I know that the, you know, they really also like having Miller and Elias Pettersson play together on the same line. But just listen to Jim Rutherford on a number of the interviews he's done since the trade. Sounds like they're really interested in Lindholm and Pettersson on the same line. And so what I think that that does is it gives the Canucks a guy that as a center iceman, they're comfortable putting him out there against anybody in any situation. You're not sheltering a line that Elias Lindholm's on, even though his offensive numbers have dropped this year. There's been no drop in terms of how the Flames have used him as their one of their two heavy matchup guys, and and he starts a lot of shifts in his own zone, and that's the number one thing that Canucks fans are going to appreciate about him is that he is always going to take care of his own end first, and he's never going to skirt or cheat the defensive side. So that's the number one thing. And then it's all about who he's playing with in terms of extracting the maximum from him uh, offensively. We know that he can score 30 to 40. We've seen that, but it's got to be with the right players. You know, he has been on a line with Kachuk and Kudrow. That's when he had his best year. That's when he scored the 42. And you're going to need to have him with players of that caliber to have that happen again. Well, now he's on a power play with JT Miller and Elias Pettersson, maybe Brock Besser and Quinn Hughes. If all of a sudden that's the case, well, you've got another high-end shooter that does a really good job of moving into soft spots. And at five on five, he does a really good job of moving into soft areas is on the ice and so when he's been playing with different players in Calgary that haven't necessarily suited that for whatever reason he and Jonathan Huberdo have never been that click well if you all of a sudden and, and I think part of that is because Huberdo doesn't draw players to him the same way that an Elias Pettersson does or a Johnny Gaudreau does and so when you have guys that can draw players to you on a line and allow Lindholm to get loose and find some of those soft spots and can also find him, then he becomes that much more dangerous. So that's going to be the really interesting thing is if Vancouver can extract that offensive potential that Lindholm has with the right players. But the one area you'll never have to worry about him in Vancouver is him taking care of the defensive side, being strong in his own zone, helping the team transition from D to O and, and being good in the face. So they're going to like him for that reason. And I think that that's something that they need. And I'm curious to see what type of offense they can get out of him between now and whenever Vancouver season comes to an end. So Pat, we know that uh, for Calgary, this, this trade has a rebuild retool feel to it. Uh, But there's others besides 10 of, uh, with an expiring contract that the Calgary Flames have, Kadri, Uyghur, you mentioned Huberto possibly play, playing with Kuz, Kuzmenko, but here, here's a guy that just started an eight-year, $10.5 million contract who had an off year at 55 points and is slated to have 45 this year. Yeah. Like, where where are they going with, these type of contracts still on the books and and like at the end of the day is it is it a losing battle when when you're getting 40 points out of ten and a half million dollars yeah and i mean here's the thing it's why it's why the flames going 
full-on rebuild as it stands right now is a is a really hard thing to see because how do you do that when to your point you've got ten and a half million dollars tied up in a guy who's 30 years old for the next seven and a half years or Nazem Kadri's 33 and he's still got 35 million dollars tied up in a five-year remaining term following this year it's, it's hard to hit the you know full-on reset button when you've got those contracts committed to and, and Craig Conroy was not the GM when those tracks were signed. so he's kind of inheriting that and so I think they're going to have to be a little bit more creative I, I think that at earliest if they're going to want to do anything with Huberto and and if that even exists it won't be until the offseason I'm a little skeptical that the Flames would be okay eating the amount that they'd have to eat and, and retaining the amount they'd have to retain for Huberto to move. I think for the time being, they're going to have to go out of their way to see if they can just make that work. If they can get them back to being a 60, 65 point player, guys, that would be a win for them at this point with, with how poorly it's gone and, and how he struggled. Kadri is a fascinating one because he's, arguably been the best player on the team this year. You know, Nazem took a lot of lumps last year in the second half of the season for, you know, effort level and impact level. And a lot of that was fair as the flames were kind of letting their season get away on them. Kadri wasn't enough of a difference maker to help change that narrative. Well, this year from the very get go, he has been dialed in one of their best players and if the Flames are open to having conversations and, and maybe not getting the bang-on amount that you'd expect for a player of Kadri's level in a trade because of the remaining contract, if they're willing to have those conversations this summer, I think there will be takers on this guy because Nazem Kadri looks like the guy, once again, that he was in Colorado. Looks like the guy that he was when he was one of the best two-way centers in the league as a member of the Maple Leafs. And so what you're seeing from him, he's engaged again. He's showing his very, very high level of skill again. He's driving a line again. He's working with rookie players and elevating those players in, in Connor Zary and Martin Pospisil, who have had really nice rookie seasons, and Kadri's a huge reason why. He's been a big-time straw that stirred the drink. And no knock on Lindholm, who was Calgary's all-star representative, but you know, Kadri had a much better case for being an all-star. So he's the guy that I'm most interested in this summer in terms of kind of those big tickets in terms of are they able to do something there if they're really serious about getting younger and completely restructuring their cap. And I think there would be takers if the Flames were willing to have the conversations and maybe be willing to either retain or take a little bit less than maybe you'd expect for a guy of Kadri's stature in a trade. That's one that I'm going to be watching for this summer. I don't know if it's something that can be done before the deadline with how teams are tight to the cap, but summertime is something that I absolutely would have an eye on. Pat, last one for me before uh, you hit the seawall and have some sushi. Just want to get your thoughts on uh, how the crease plays out in Calgary this year. Obviously, uh, people are excited about Wolf. Markstrom has some years left, is playing well. Where, where do they go with their goaltending situation? It's uh, it's going to be, I think, you know, Hannafin, Kanev, the UFAs, those are kind of number one in terms of what's on the front burner and what Flames fans have their eyes on, rightfully so. But I also think between now and the deadline, there's going to be a lot of talk about do the Flames make a move in net? It's rare to see a goalie of Jacob Markstrom's 
caliber and with the contract that he carries, it's rare to see a guy move in season. So, while do I think it's impossible? No. I'd be a little shocked to see uh, Jacob Markstrom move between now and the deadline. I, I would be certainly surprised but impressed if they could make it happen, especially for the season he's having and the type of return you'd hope they'd get for him. But I think that's going to be one of the number one issues come the offseason is what they do here. I know they've got another year of Dustin Wolf and he's not waiver eligible. So, like, he'll be he'll be waiver exempt next season. But how much longer do you want to play around with Dustin Wolf in the American League and not give him the shot that he's deserved in the NHL? The problem is there doesn't seem like there's a big market for the other guy, and that's Dan Vladar. So you've got Jacob Markstrom, you've got Dustin Wolf, and then you've got Vladar in the middle who's put up pretty mediocre numbers for a second straight year as Calgary's backup. And while his game has improved over the last few months here, still doesn't seem like there's a lot of takers. It still seems like a long shot. They'd be able to recoup that third round pick that they got last year. So yeah, I'm, I, the, the goaltending situation is going to be fascinating guys. I, I think it's going to be the number one issue they tackle in the off season with Lindholm traded and Lindholm being Jacob Markstrom's like ride or die to get to Calgary. Wouldn't surprise me if they try to move or, or think about moving Jacob and knowing how much Markstrom likes to win. It wouldn't surprise me if Jacob's okay uh, with them searching for a new spot for him. Uh, Maybe as early as the deadline, I doubt that. But definitely, I think it's something that could, might happen this offseason. Pat, really appreciate your time. Go back to the ski hills, buddy. (laughs) See you, boys. Have fun. Thanks so much. Enjoy your trip. Pat Steinberg from Flame Talk. We only got about 35 seconds. Next time you get the last question in, yeah. I'm not a professional host, but I will say this. Not so vague. Just quickly. You got to throw the quickly in? You got to throw the quickly in. Okay. Either that or just might as well ask him, tell us about your childhood. <laughs> tell us about three goalies in nine seconds. All right. Just like that. One hour off the books of the Real Kipper and Born Show. When we come back, top of the hour, Patrick Alvin, general manager of Vancouver Canucks. We're going to talk big trade. And then in about 30 minutes, 35 minutes, Doug McLean, special edition of Off the Rails, Friday on Thursday. Don't go away. We'll be back.